What's up, everybody? I hope you're having an amazing, awesome, beautiful day. Uh, welcome to Abba's Girls podcast, um, where we talk about Christian tools for the father's daughter. So hopefully you are the father's daughter or the father's son. And um, we have some tools, some resources, and specifically some talk just for you. Um, if you have not ever visited me before, um, this podcast was originally called Girl Stop, where we talk about all things girl all things Jesus and everything in between a good bit of the social media associated with this content is still under girl stop um right now but that will be transitioning so go follow us um right now on twitter facebook instagram and search us on youtube under girl stop again a lot of that's transitioning i have a podcast a couple of podcasts back that explain um the transition why so go check that out when you get a chance give me a thumbs up rate me like me review me let me know what you think and what content you want to hear about this particular every week we focus on something and this particular week we are focusing on part two of a part of a a podcast we started uh day before yesterday so if you want a background as to where this conversation is picking up go listen to where it left off in sex manipulation answers hashtag part one this is part two and for part two I've, i kept thinking about um what we talked about in part one and some of the dialogue that i got back from part one and so this particular podcast is going to focus on my experience with healing sexually because as a Christian woman as a single Christian woman let me give that preface you know it's like how do you heal sexually and how can you test the theory that you are healed sexually if you haven't actually participated in sex if you haven't had any intercourse with anyone if you have not um, engaged in any behaviors like that which you were scarred from and that was always a fear of mine going into marriage I was like okay because of what happened to me like I don't like giving my body over and over and over again like I don't feel comfortable giving my body over and over again um after my experience with uh rape sexual assault whatever I was like I want to take my power back this isn't my erroneous thinking this was my pre-Jesus thinking And I was like, well, I want to willingly give my body and I want to know what that feels like to surrender that power um, knowingly, willingly. And I want to know like what this sex thing is all about, because at the time of my uh, encounter, I was a virgin. So after having done that, finding Jesus on a different on a different level, in a deeper way, in a different place of healing, knowing that that wasn't the way that I was supposed to heal. I then had to figure out, well, like, how do I heal in this area of sexuality? And I'm not really supposed to be doing this before marriage. And that's the principle by which we're having this conversation. So then I begin to think like, OK, I uh, started researching and I actually ran into this pastor. I had a, a therapy session with him and we were talking. We actually weren't even supposed to be talking about this. We were actually talking about, you know, like business building and nonprofit work and all of these other questions that I had about these things and these endeavors that you guys see me walking out now. So, you know, this conversation was like a while ago. So had this conversation and we get into like talking about dating and I was like, you know, I don't really want to date an older, older, older guy. Um, him not knowing that I didn't want to date an older, older, older guy because that's kind of in the back of my mind um, because he was much older than me. He was like about twice my age at the time. 
Um, so I was like, but I, I think, you know, guys my age are like some of the dumbest people ever. And so he was like, well, you know, because of your maturity level, you may have to date a little older. But he was like at the same way. He was like, um, you know, you just have to trust God to, you know, give you what your, your heart's desire and blah, blah, blah. And so, of course, we got to talking much deeper. And this information came out about what I went through. And then, he, you know, he began to explain to me that, you know, he was like, I told him my fear. I was like, I'm, fe- I'm, I'm afraid of being married because I know that, you know, a part of marriage is sex and you have to give yourself over and over and over again. And, you know, your body's not your own. And so I struggle with thinking about like, dang, like I really can't tell my husband no, or I can't tell him I'm afraid or I'm feel- fearful or I'm uncomfortable, which I guess in, in reality, uh, and then of course, this is still in hindsight. In reality now, like, yeah, you can tell your husband that and you should have that conversation with your husband about you know, this was where this is the area that I don't have much experience in or that I'm hurt in or that, you know, I don't know much about. And I think that if that's your husband, that he would respect your um, your apprehensions and actually help you to feel more comfortable. And anyway, going back to the conversation with the pastor, he was explaining to me, he was like, you know, he's like, that's something you don't even have to worry about. He said, you know, by the time you get to marriage and by the time you fall in love and by the time you've emotionally grown connected to this person, you're going to trust them and love them. And you're going to want to please them. And that's not even something that's going to be like a concerning factor. So he kind of like waved it off like it was a light thing to him. And, you know, that kind of resonated with me because I was just like, man, like how how you know how that was the biggest thing like how is it so easy for you to see this of course this man's been married almost 20 something years and he's went through something similar that I've went through um even though we're not of the same gender but I was just like how is this going to be so easy so saying that to say that here are some tips and here are some focuses for you to heal sexually without having to focus on sex okay the first thing you have to do is you have to take control of your body, right? Like, so in my singleness and in my healing journey, I did not find healing in this area until I stopped having sex. I mean, that's just it and that's just all. Like, you can't be out here with multiple partners or with that one guy that you said that, you know, you're justifying in your mind. It's okay for you to have sex with because you're going to marry. No, you cannot do that. Um, (laughs) you have to take control of your body and you have to take control of your space, meaning that you got to shut her down. You have to shut shot down until you are married and you have to walk out that process. That was the first step for me that to commit committing to keeping my body to me so that I could learn more about my body. I could understand my body. I could, um, I think that was the biggest disadvantage that I didn't know about my body. And that was the easiest way to take it like you, like a guy or, or I shouldn't. I mean, I'm a I'm a female. So um, I think male, female to male just automatically. But any person that you are um, interested in or seeking to be sexually active with, like they shouldn't know more about your body. Like they have an advantage over you. Like they shouldn't be able to tell you more about it. like you should be the Next to God, like you should know the most about your body is tendencies, what you crave, uh, your sleep patterns. Like you should be self-monitoring and know about your body. And that's also sexually and hormonally. Again, 
Like if you are not sexually active, this is not a conversation to encourage you to be active. If you are a virgin, please remain a virgin because you will have your husband to help explore you in that area, explore your sexual interests. But hormonally, you know, you can know like when you have moments where you seem like you're more a little bit more estrogens flowing through your body or your period cycle. Like there's other ways to know yourself sexually without intercourse and intercourse is a range of things. But uh, to keep this podcast clean without being too explicitly um open you know anything that convicts you you know if hugs convict you if cuddling convicts you if triggering i mean if hand holding triggers you know your triggers know what turns you on because that's a part of owning your sexuality you have to have healthy boundaries you have to say okay I know what my triggers are. I know what my turn ons are. I know what my limits are and I'm not going to test them. I'm going to place boundaries in the line of actions and people and places so that I do not get uh, challenged or tested. Like, I don't think we have a healthy fear of our own sexuality. Like, I don't think that we have a healthy respect to our bodies and saying that, God, you know, they've been created to created and designed to react. Right. Like. They are physiologically set up to procreate and sex is a part of that procreation. And so if you are aware of what takes you to a mental, physical or emotional place sexually, then you can put boundaries in place before you get to that place to help you guard and protect your body. You have that responsibility. Um, We're not talking about in this sense, you know, instances of force. So like if somebody has forced their way into your body or forced their way into your body or forced their way on you, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the decisions you knowingly and consensually can make and or prevent. Okay, so a part of me knowing my body was that I had to take control of my body. So that's control of my time, control of my space, control of my um, mind. Um, You have to put guards on your mind. You have to know what you can watch and what you can't watch. Some stuff we all should not be watching. Porn is desensitizing. It takes away from your uh, natural need to connect, your natural need to know, your natural need to um, be healthy and innocent and pure towards certain things. So you don't want to get caught up in porn. If you have a porn addiction, if you watch porn, if you're struggling with porn, uh, pornographic images, videos, whatever, I would admonish you to seek help. There are a lot of people who are open and transparent about their pornographic journeys. And I would suggest that you find and connect with those people and listen to some of those tips. Porn is not something that I've struggled with. It's not something that I've actually ever even been exposed to. So this is not my area of expertise and I will not speak over that. Um, and I, and I'm not speaking light about it either. I'm just briefing it because I know that that's not something by experience I can't help you with now by wisdom. I can help you with it because I have plenty of friends and family members that I know who've struggled in this area and they have walked to and are walking their journey of freedom. Um, and so some of the things that they've mentioned, they've mentioned that they've had to, the biggest thing they've had to do is change their habits. They've had to change their um, routines. They've had to change their company. They've had to really uh, and purposefully and intentionally be accountable. They've had to open up about those areas because you have to shine light in dark areas. That's why I say I know that I can help you by virtue of wisdom and not of experience. But going to continue in this conversation that we're in. Um, not only do you have to take that control of uh, your body, 
um, that means you're not sharing it with everyone. You have to recognize what what makes you want to share it with people and what people can do, what touches, what conversations, what leads to you wanting to give your body away. You then have to take a step further back, you know, and assess like your past experiences. You know, if you don't have past experiences, that's fine. Um, but if you do have past experiences, notice your patterns. Take take note of your patterns, your cycles, um, your habits, the situations, the circumstances. Sometimes you just, you know, fall sexually because you're alone. Sometimes you fall sexually because you send that text or you receive that that what you're doing or are you up text when you are lonely or when you are longing to be held. Well, let's go a step further. You know, why are you longing to be held? What's missing or lacking or what do you really want to fulfill and how can you fulfill that need now? Some things you are going to simply have to say no to, you know, if you are a single saved living for God Christian and you follow principally what the Lord says, then, you know, we don't believe in premarital sex. So that means that if you have the desire or the urge to have sex, you're going to have to deny your body. That's part of taking up your cross and following him. Like we can't get around some of those no's, but some of those no's we can get around. We can, we can go a little deeper and say, you know, maybe I just feel, you know, lonely, um, I'm not struggling. You know, I should healthily be alone, but I'm struggling with being lonely. We can deal with that. No, you know what I'm saying? We can deal with that place. So again, these conversations tend to bird walk because you have to go deeper. You have to, you have to search the totality of the matter and not just think that you are fulfilling a sexual need. Now, yes, you will naturally have sexual desires. I believe you will. I don't believe that children are naturally sexual, but I do believe that um, you will long for companionship, relationship and connection because that's like at the root of how God created and designed us to be interdependent beings. And so um, especially as we live in a society that's relationally and like emotionally connected and like relation crazed and relationship goals are like huge and um, we see more uh, seemingly healthy and exciting and thriving relationships uh, displayed via Instagram and social media all around. So I understand that there is a growing need for or growing need and desire for relationship and relational companionship. Nothing wrong with that. I think that's fine. But we have to make sure that we are in control of our minds. So now that we've talked about controlling our body, we've talked about our space, our place, um, our um, not our mentality, but our approach to handling our bodies and handling what triggers us and what sets us off um sexually, um, even knowing your type, what types of people catch your eye, what types of people, you know, I always tell my friends that if there's like a dark skinned guy with a smile that asks me out, I tell them, I was like, this is a trap. Like, because that is my weakness. I have fallen. When I look at my hit, my history, my patterns, my cycles, um, <laughs> I have fallen to dark skinned men with beautiful smiles. So apparently that's something I'm attracted to. That's something that turns me on and I have to be on guard. So we talked about those things, but behind talking about their body, you have to talk about the mind. As I mentioned in part one, the guy that tweeted, you know, he said, if you get the mind, the body will follow. We have to talk about the mind because this is where manipulation enters. This is where, uh, like delusion, um, confusion, emotion, 
all of those things. So when we talk about the mind, we can help control the body if we harness the thoughts and the and the parameters of the mind. So when we're talking about the mind, again, it kind of goes into that porn thing because it's like, what are you feeding your spirit? It may not just be porn. You know, you may have some other trigger or something that sets you up sexually that, you know, other people it may not have, but you have to recognize about yourself. You may be, you may not be able to spend as much time on Instagram as other people because my brothers were talking to me and they were like, Jenny, you know, they call me Jenny back home. They're like, Jenny, you know, it's so easy to to scroll through Snapchat and see a girl with a booty on the sink or click on that private Snapchat feed and you don't know what you're about to see and you're made victim to a naked girl or an exposed girl or an exposed body or body part that you didn't even know was there. That is very prevalent. And although I sympathize with guys and females alike, because there are there's plenty of um, openness towards nudity um, on social media, my my sympathies go out. However, you have to guard your heart. If you know that there's somebody that's retweeting that nude, that's uh, reposting that, resharing it like you have to do your responsibility in unfollowing that person. I don't care how much you love them. I don't care how cool y'all are. You have to unfollow them. And you might even want to go as far as blocking them, because if they have retweeted it, or they've reshared it or reposted some of your other friends, you know, um, like algorithmically may still be connected to them. And it may like share like the post that they shared may pop up on your timeline or something. Anyway, you have to guard your heart. You have to guard your eye gate and your ear gate. So what are you allowing? Are you going to go? Are you going to, you know, blame it on the person who shared it or posted and still follow them? Are you going to unfollow them? And yes, you may have to like completely shut down your whole Instagram and start new. Like what's wrong with that? I don't see that there's any problem with that. If it, if it is worth you, you protecting your mind, right? So again, when you're protecting your mind, you have to like make sure you're checking your thoughts, you're you're regulating your thoughts. You cannot let your mind run wild. I asked one of my guy friends, um we were we were at the park, we were somewhere. And um I walked, you know, by and I'm with him, but you know, so if me with another guy, it could appear as if we were together, but we weren't. We were just taking a walk. Um, and there was a couple of guys that walked by, but they like literally broke their neck. I'm talking about turn all the way around to make sure that they could see me walk by. And uh, he laughed about it. Uh, you know, and I, I did too. Cause I was like, that's ridiculous. But then I had to ask the question, like, what are you looking at? Like, why do you need to see me that bad? Like what, what is the mystery? Like, and so he, he pointed at his head and was tapping his mind. Like, you know, it's what the mind can do with the image. And that spoke so many volumes to me. He said, it's what the mind can do with the image. In your mind, you can have a playground, a whole field of imagination station where you take that image of what you see and you absolutely sexually run with it. You cannot allow your mind to go unchecked. Yes, the enemy will bring thoughts, memories, things to your mind, but you cannot allow those things to go like rampant, like you have to check them at the door. You have to recognize that your mind or in your mind, there's this image, there's this video being played, um, 
this scene, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, however, whatever word, this movie, whatever word you need to give it to let you know that your mind has now checked out of where you are, what you were doing, what you were supposed to be focusing on or giving your attention to. And it has now painted this image, this picture, this movie, this video, this clip, this sound, um, this um, experience that has not happened um, but it's in your mind and you have now taken your attention to it and you have now bird walked in your mind to some other place. And now you have allowed this image to play two things on this particular thing. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And the Bible also says, if a man has committed adultery in his mind, he is also commit, he's also sinned, um, you know, in his body, which then takes him to the text that, you know, um, that sexual sin is the only sin you really can commit against your own body. So we're taking all of this scripture and we are now applying it to ourselves and saying, okay, how can we be better? Like, what can we do? We have to stop the mind so that as we, so, so that we're not thinking on and becoming those things because the more we meditate on it, because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he, the more we meditate on it, the more we see it, the more we expose our mind to it, the more we are willing, apt to, apt to, and wanting to, um, creating this desire to then go and act out as our mind, um, has seen. Remember the guy tweeted, you know, if you get the mind, the body will follow. And that's just so principally true. Like if your mind is wrapped up in warped in seeing, meditating on being fed, all of these sexual images, scenes, videos, clips, um, all of these sexual stuff, then you are going to want to enact that because you're creating in you a desire to do and carry out those things. So you have to put a cap on that mind. That is probably one of the largest areas of battlefield for all believers and non-believers alike like you have to take control of your mind so you say okay Jim well how do you do this well let me tell you like the first thing you can do is you can use the power of the scripture it, it says you know we casting down every thought and high imagination that exalt itself above the knowledge of God bringing in cap captivity every thought into the likeness in the image of Jesus Christ if you have and if you're not sure this is a great measure if you if you are imagining something in your mind if a thought comes to your mind or a truth trigger or a memory starts to play this thought or give you this scene scenario, ask yourself, is this in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ? If it is not, if that is not your wife, if that is not your husband, then I'm telling you right now, it is, it is not God's will for you to be imagining you doing or enacting sexual behaviors on someone that you are not in covenant with covenant being married, not your girlfriend, not the person you're courting, not the person you want to be with, not the, not the type of person you wish you had who you are in covenant with, right? So because we know that those actions, those thoughts are not of God, we can go ahead and cast them down and cast them out. Another way that you can help yourself mentally being in, um, in tune with where your mind is going is, again, what is being fed. You could, um, the Bible com uh, commands us to speak on or think on rather specific things. It says, we are to think on things that are lovely, that are admirable, that are praiseworthy, that are excellent, that are of good report. Like it says, we are to think on those things. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's Philippians 4, 6 or 8. So check out, check them both out because um, I don't have my Bible right in front of me. But yes, so you have to command your mind to think on things that are lovely, that are admirable, that are praiseworthy, that are excellent, that are of good report. Command your mind to think on those things. Now you may say, okay, well, 
you, you know, how do you deal with this? I do those two things. And a third practice that I include is if there's a trigger or something that's come to my mind or something that's welled up in me, um, I then begin to first I have to recognize that if, if I'm in the thought or if the thought just came to me, I have to separate the two. Like sometimes you can be in the thought, lost in the thought and trying to understand it or engage with it. And you have to make sure that you're not doing that. But um, so after checking that, then I make myself think on or refocus or get back to after I've cast it down and cast out its power. I then um, I then meditate on take my mind directly back to what I was doing, which means I don't go off to another off focus. So let's say I'm sitting at my desk. I'm working on an assignment and their words trigger me. Right. So there's a word that said that triggers a thought or memory or a sound of a song or something. Right. So let's say that there's this thought that comes and I look off and then there's this the scene that plays with this guy, whatever I cast down the thought, I then make myself come ex- right back to the work that I was supposed to be focusing on. I train my mind to be and stay focused. So instead of that happening, I recognize a thought. I'll be like, oh, whatever. Not supposed to be thinking about that. And then I go scroll on social media. No, because my mind is still off focus. I don't want my mind to be to have the leisure, if you will, to go where it so pleases. I want to be in control. So I train my mind to be on focus, to stay on focus, to get on task and stay on task. I had some girl, I did a speaking engagement a while ago and some girls asked me, they were like, well, how do you stay focused and how do you stay determined and how do you stay on task? And that is one way. If you find your mind, you know, um, off focus, off task, you immediately put it back on the thing that you're supposed to be focusing on. Um, We do this a lot. I don't know if we recognize it, but on a different note, you may see it better this way. Let's say you have a homework assignment or let's say you're supposed to read your Bible and, you know, you go to look up something and because you're not sure. So you pick up your phone to research it or you get on your computer and you type, you know, what does the Bible say about it? What does this word mean? Right. And then you end up like taking a break from that break, quote unquote, break uh, from that. And you scroll on social media like you are off focus. You were supposed to be reading your word or you're supposed to be finishing your assignment. That is off focus. You need to immediately put your phone down, close the computer or get back to what you're supposed to be focusing on. And by practicing that mental discipline, you will help your mind stay on focus and on task for longer periods of time. Um, so as it pertains to your sexuality, you have to make sure that you are harnessing your mind, that you are reining those thoughts in, that you are not allowing your mind just free field and open imagination station and canvas uh, to do as it so pleases. Like you have to be in control. A lot of people are not in control of their thought life. A lot of people don't even monitor their thought life. So that's one thing that I want you to think about moving forward. Like, do you even monitor your thoughts like other than. You know, when you're actively thinking on something, trying to figure out a solution or trying to understand or comprehend, do you actually monitor your thoughts, the thoughts that come to your mind, the ideas that come to your mind, um, whatever comes to your mind? Do you monitor? Does, does it get a check at the door of your mind before it gets to play in the vastness of your intellect, of your um, desire, of your emotion? Does it get checked? Does it do you have some parameters? Do you have some boundaries? Do you have some, you know, does it have a, a security clearance that, you know, you have like this mental uh, checklist at, at the door of your mind? Or do you just let anything in and do you just let anything out? 
So these are some things that you have to think about when you're wanting to check your sexuality as far as um, healing goes in this area. Now, notice that of the two things we talked about, we did not talk about intercourse. I didn't say if somebody raped you, you got to go have sex to be healed. That is not true. A lot of people try to subscribe to this mentality that you know, in the way that you were hurt, you must be healed. That is not all inclusive true. Um, Because, you know, if we're talking about a body, you know, let's say a a bone was broken or a bone shifted out of place. Well, in order to be healed, it must go back to the place that it was supposed to be and heal from there. So that's that's the physical body Um, in your emotional, sexual identity and stuff. Sex is so much greater than just your just your physicality. Sex is physiological. It's emotional. It's mental. It goes into your soulless realm. It it impacts your emotions. It impacts your decision making. Like sex is so much deeper than just physicality. And that's why we have to have a whole month dedicated to sexual assault awareness and sexual harassment and sexual uh, abuse, because it goes deeper than just body physicality let just muse with me for a minute if sex was just about body physicality right then why would it be why how can i ask this question why would it matter what type of abuse it was why would there be such a spectrum and why would there be so many needs to uh make sure that people aren't you know say if you didn't hurt the body then why would it be considered force or why would there be a need to consent? Because it sex goes deeper. And that's what I want you to get from this topic. Like you can heal sexually without engaging in sexual intercourse. And as a matter of fact, I honestly think it's better if you didn't, you know, um, heal, um, try to heal by going back to the action that hurt you. Like take a step away and really analyze like the paradigms by which you have been uh, psychologically, emotionally, sometimes financially, sometimes academically, most times socially been hurt in this area because this area goes way deeper. Um, so what I'm saying to you is if you are Christian girl, Christian guy that wants to heal sexually and you're single and, you know, you want to heal from you know, the traumatic experiences that you went through, I would suggest that the best way to do that is to tap into the other areas, tap into your identity because it affected your identity, tap into your emotions because it affected you emotionally, tap into um, the social relational aspect, because I guarantee if you were scarred in this area socially and relationally, you have been impacted in one way or another. Tap into uh, your spirituality, tap into your relationship with God, see what he has to say about the different areas and questions that you have concerning your body concerning your mind tap into the mental aspect of things what goes on in your mind what goes on in your heart what goes on into the dark places that no one else can sees can see excuse me tap into your habits your cycles your patterns like what do you do and why do you do what you do what ha- what has now become a routine what guards healthy or unhealthy do you have up and how are they benefiting or hurting you tap into um the spiritual realm of forgiveness. Are you free from your encounter or encounters? Maybe you've been raped more than once. Maybe you've been molested, touched or abused more than one, one singular time or one dispensation of your life. So there are so many ways that you can be um, healed and restored and transformed in your view other than actually having sex. Now, if you're married now, this now, 
speaking to both crowds. Maybe you're not Christian and maybe you don't subscribe to the idea of premarital sex. Maybe you are Christian and you don't agree with that. You know, maybe you shouldn't be having premarital sex and you are sexually active. Okay. Well then if sex is on the table, um, that just opens up a whole nother can of, Hmm, I guess possibilities that will then impact who you are and the way you see yourself and all those other areas I just listed. Right. So we have to have a different conversation and a different podcast to begin to open up all of that. So we're just going to leave this for those who do subscribe to the principle of, you know, no premarital sex. If you are struggling with having you, you know, you don't want to have premarital sex and you don't, you know, want to, um, keep falling in this area and you want to keep yourself maybe we'll do a podcast next week about that but I think if you begin to employ these principles that we've talked about here um in regards to that you will see your body begin to recluse back from people or your willingness to give yourself up because you begin to explore yourself and understand yourself and you've allowed holy spirit some space in there to tell you about who you are and how he created you and you know you you enter this time of worship of the creator so you're becoming more and more of of his image and his likeness because you're spending time in his presence so you don't have to worry so much or wonder so much about who you are because he begins to download and expose to you who you are and how he created you and with what purpose so perhaps we'll do another uh, podcast on that. If you want that, let me know and we can do that because I have had to walk out this journey of abstinence and it's not easy, but it does get easier the longer you walk, you know, Um, but that doesn't mean you're going to be without temptation just because you walk some time. Okay. So I hope that this podcast today helped you. I hope that you are a better person, a better you after listening to this. I hope you feel like you are a better Abbas girl and you are Um, more aware of the Abba's girl that you are and the power that you possess. Um, We don't necessarily have to wrap up this series if you guys don't want to. Again, just let me know. It is Sexual Assault Awareness Month and I am going to be talking more about this because it's a lot to accomplish in one episode. So I want you guys to know that I love you. I'm praying for you. You have my support. I believe you can do it. And I also believe you're going to have an awesome, amazing, beautiful, fantabulous day. So until next time, guys, I hope that you've enjoyed part two let me know give me a thumbs up a rating a review a voice message follow me on insta all that good stuff and until next time guys peace love and hair grease